0: If you have a small business a band need a t-shirt design or just need a logo in general then I'm gonna send you to the right place Peter Hart graphics it's the only place that you need to go in fact that sexy new Dynamo's dozen logo Peter Hart graphics That logo for the four pod men Peter Hart graphics Peter Hart graphics specialize in logo designs that are tailor-made to fit your needs in fact the process is so quick and easy that they will send regular updates and provide three drafts within one week. Three drafts within one week. All you need to do is go to Peter Hart Graphics on Facebook, Instagram, or find them on Twitter at Peter H Graphics, Or alternatively, you can email Peter Hart Graphics at gmail.com. That's Peter Hart Graphics at gmail.com. And give a description of what kind of logo and design that you need it's that easy guys also make sure to tell them that dynamo sent you make the first step in getting the logo that helps your business get up and running today welcome back to the four pod the podcast chosen by you hosted by us and us being the mighty Carl king woe Whoa, the what's shopkeeper. Up? <laughs> he's, no, he's coming in quick. Uh, how are you, Carl, yep. as well? <laughs>
1: good, um,
0: good. The shopkeeper, Noel Hogan. All good. And, of course, the journalist, Dara O'Connor. What's up, guys? How's it going? And what? I am Ian Dynamo Kelly. We hope you were all uh, very well during this still pandemic, I guess that's the only way to say it. Um hope all you guys are well too. We are once again uh, here on to the fourth uh, edition of the four Apartment and once again doing it through the wonders of uh, of the intranet and technology. So, uh, but we're, we're, we're making do. So, lads, how are you all keeping before we, before we roll on?
2: Not Dude, bad. I'm getting okay. there.
0: Yeah, yeah oh, all good. good. We're all keeping busy. Uh, today, um, we have a really, kind of one of my, uh, probably a topic I've looked forward to most, actually, funny enough, when I think about it. Um, it's it's chosen by the fans. The fans have spoken, but this month, it was actually a really, really tight vote, the tightest vote that we've had. Um, I think it was true. I've done all the maths, um, very hard, by the way, because I'm not great at maths, but I did it. I, I somehow managed to do it. Um, through all mediums of voting, We had a record number of votes, but it was really close. It was 52% to 48% in favour of Earth Angle. Um, And Eddie Guerrero lost out by 2%. So I don't know. Some people are actually saying to me that maybe automatically it should be just Eddie Guerrero next month. I don't know how you feel about that, guys. um, It's always something to look into down the line, definitely, definitely. Yeah, for sure. But the main thing is that the winner, of course, was... The your Olympic hero and mine, uh, the Olympic gold medalist, Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. The uh, main man. This is going to be a really, like this will probably be a really in-depth show because there's just so many levels to Kurt Angle. Um, you know, personally, professionally, every, everything in everything in between. Um, yeah. I suppose starting off with Kurt Angle, just looking at the man. Okay. Um, when, when you look at his, how he started out, he didn't grow up straight away being a, a, an amateur wrestler. It was actually his brothers that were an amateur wrestler. Amateur wrestlers, should I say. Mm. And, um, turned out he just got into it, just out of competition. And ended up being the best of the bunch. And I don't know whether you guys have seen his brothers, but they are big boys. Wasn't um, Eric, Eric
1: Angle is one of them, wasn't he? In, was he actually his brother? Yeah, yeah he's a big
3: lad. Yeah,
0: right? yeah. They're all they're all brothers. They're all big, big, big lads. But... Um, obviously grown up in, in Pittsburgh and um, Kurt if you've ever actually looked at some of the training that they used to do just just to get ready for a certain competition and um, in snow season they used to basically hold each other up on the shoulders going up the mountains there up the hills I've actually seen some old footage of it like these guys are absolute machines mm. and when you think about Kind of moving along a little bit that Kurt Angle gets invited then to um, to, to wrestle and train at the Fox Catcher Gym. The infamous it, it, we kind of have to mention the Foxcatcher here, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you guys are all familiar with the story. I don't know how well versed kind on of it these are, but I'm sure you know all about it. Um, no all well it, yeah. So Kurt is obviously invited to the Fox Catcher um, and basically trains with Dan Gable, probably the greatest wrestler of all time um, and he feels Kurt is going to be the best wrestler of all time they're all looking at Kurt as you know the one A on marketability uh, for the sport for America I guess and um, but that all gets cut short obviously with the, the lunacy that goes on for all Dan Gable gets shot I'm not going to get into the details on that too much obviously mm-hmm. we'll keep it to the to the whole reason why we're here but um Kurt, then obviously you guys know this. He, he uh, the first actual, I guess, presentation of professional wrestling that he has on a personal level is actually ECW. any yeah. um, And you guys want to fill the story in on that one, or do you want me to go ahead? Keep it going, brother. You're rolling. You're on a roll. Okay, so <laughs> he goes obviously checks out ECW, um, but he sees the the angle with the Sandman and Raven. Um, where I believe Sandman is being held, like in a crucifix or something like that.
3: Crucifixion, yeah.
0: Yeah, and um, and Kurt obviously just doesn't like it. Turns around and walks away. Doesn't think about it for a while. Thinks I'll go back to the amateur stuff and you know try to make money through sponsorship and whatnot. Um Kurt comes back. I think I think that's about a year or two later. It comes back. I think he's watching. Uh, WWE flicking through his channels watching WWE on television at home and sees the rock and, and Austin do their do their thing and uh, realizes there's actually more levels to it especially in a professional sense oh. uh, and thinks to himself I can do that mm. and uh, that's where it all starts and he goes and trains at the infamous uh, funking conservatory with uh, one of the greatest of all time uh, Dory funk Jr. Sorry, for and that's you. where that's where we begin, guys. Actually, just a quick note. Do you know who we trained with in that class? Does anyone know? No. So um I thought you
2: might know, Darry. Yeah. I uh, would you say it? I'll probably know it, but at the hand I can't think can't think of it. So he, it turned out he was actually
0: in a similar
2: in and around the same
0: time as the Hardy Boys and Leader. Oh. oh, I did hear this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Kurt oh, yeah. Angle's in. Yeah, yeah. He's, that's uh, an inter-
2: that's an interesting class though when you think about it. You know, yeah. like where they where, where Lita was called up and where Angle was called up. It's it it's um you, whenever you get a crop like that you're kinda of thinking around going, Well, what's gonna happen here? And you had two Hall of Fame hours Elvis, yeah, so that's yeah. not bad, right? Hell yeah, like didn't she come up with like S A Rios
0: on something like on the night night. The yeah, one? that? Like, Rios, yeah, that's yeah, I remember that. Wasn't she, wasn't
1: was she in E C W
0: before
2: no. she was she was yeah, yeah for for a uh, for a brief period yeah,
0: mm.
1: she
2: there, yeah?
1: Was she yeah. missed congeniality or something like that something like that it could be getting her wrong i don't
0: know no she had like a mexican gimmick didn't she had like a lucha because she oh, okay. done a lot of her stuff in uh triple a in mexico she worked away right, her way right right kind of okay. mexican indies which is actually a kill cool story but uh mm. not today <laughs> one for another day exactly definitely um but obviously, it's in the same year. Obviously, Kurt, uh, you know, two years after the uh, the Olympics, kind of does his whole WWE thing. Uh, Ninety eight, yeah. Hmm. That's so two two years. So within two years, amateur to professional. Um, obviously, training under the right tutelage, and then we'll we'll hand it over to you, Noel. Kurt, Kurt, uh, Kurt debuts.
3: Yeah, he came in and he debuted then. And what, what do you want to do? Do you want to go through some of his matches there and stuff like that, or?
0: Well, I mean, the debut we can kind of we, we, we can kind of go in through the debut rather than go through some of the matches initially. Uh, the, Our, the debut itself is amazing because it's in it's in his hometown,
2: right? Yeah, and you know, I rem- I remember the, I remember the debut like it was yesterday. Well, then Dara, we'll hand it over to you because I, I watched it recently
0: too. But like, let's let's get you involved.
2: Um, yeah, it was against me, wasn't it? Sean Stasiak. Yeah, I think it was
0: against Sean Stasiak,
1: yeah.
2: And it was yeah. just... I remember watching it, like, uh, obviously as a as a kid, I was eight, nine. And I was like, oh, Kurt Angle, okay, I don't know him. Sean Stasiak. I haven't seen him in a long time. And then I didn't think uh-huh. any more of it. But I remember him being put over quite aggressively by Jay Ross, uh, Jim Ross. And, um, yeah, the match itself wasn't really much. He didn't really hit my... My Richter scale until until the Royal Rumble when he had that uh, feud with Taz because I'm like oh, oh wow Taz you know I know he, I know him from ECW so yeah that's when Cornangle kind of pricked up in my uh, in my kind of sphere of things and then obviously he had one of the best years uh, rookie years in WWE history in 2000 so his debut while it was successful for him it really didn't leave an impact on me yeah. as such as a As you know, a kid and watching it hell, you're still like that's the weirdest debut I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of underwhelming, isn't it?
2: Very underwhelming, yeah.
1: Yeah, but like you can tell that he has the tools, but it's he's still not the the finished package, like you know.
2: Mm. I mean, is it like
1: it's a big difference to go from amateur to
0: to professional wrestling? Really? It's it's so it's so different, Um, and I'll tell you why because I know obviously I didn't have an amateur background. But I was actually when, in our first class back in the day, we did have a guy who was an amateur wrestler. And we had two, actually. And uh, one, a couple of them came from the Hercules School of Wrestling here in Dublin. And it was so weird because when, say, for example, when you're doing chain wrestling or just kind of rolling around, you're kind of keeping it loose. And you'll watch a lot of the amateur wrestlers. Sometimes they're just, you know, they're doing the chest bump and they're kind of doing the back and forth because um, I have an interest in, in amateur but obviously didn't come from that background so seeing these guys when they get in the ring or even just doing a little bit of chain wrestling it's so natural for them to keep their, their limbs like their le- arms and legs stiff you know what I mean oh, right because they're, they're not wanting you to get the dominant position mm, so it's yeah. just a real natural thing for them to kind of constantly keep themselves stiff and these guys are strong motherfuckers you um, know what I mean yeah. talk about a strong base and forward work so yeah, I, I just thought I'd chime in on that one there. So the transition there was just one in a million. I mean, look at look at Parterra. Uh, yeah, example, You know, um, was, never, was never the greatest, but um, kind of eventually got better over time. But oh. as I say, over time, a lot over of guys time. do get better over time. But to do it in, in the space of a two-year period, and essentially, realistically, Darragh, probably a six-month to a year period
2: Oh yeah. Like it's, it's incredible really when, when you think, when you put it into that perspective, but there's just, no matter what angle did, it was amazing. You know, he just had all the tools to be able to be like, Hey, I can come in here and I can do this. And uh, you yeah. know, there were people who I'm sure didn't believe in him, but uh, the b- bigger question for me and the interesting thing that I would have liked to know is if he had assigned to ECW, what would have happened like Mm. how that would have changed his whole package and persona because when he came in he really didn't start getting going even though he was when he won his world title i was you know i I admittedly um again i was like nine or ten i was like oh disappointed you know why is triple h holding the belts because again i love triple h and always have (laughs) but um looking back yeah but look looking back even uh in preparation he really didn't start getting cooking until around 2001 when we really started seeing this more. And then 2006 in TNA is when we really started. So, if he had a sign in 1997, right? He would have three years into WWE. He could have hit that peak around his debut. And that's, that's an interesting thing they're going to play with because he got all those tools eventually as far as being a pro wrestler. But, you know, for, for the first three or two or three years, it was mainly a comedic. It was a great heel. But, man, he could go in the ring. So, what do you guys think? What was your first impression of Kurt Angle for the first year or two?
1: Uh, I'll show him in you here, want <clears throat> if you don't mind. Here, go ahead.
2: Uh, I thought, yeah, like,
1: like, like initially I thought he was very underwhelming, you know. Um, but like that, it's again it's kind of similar to Dario with Taz. Um, I would have known Taz from ACW. And uh, like I said, I always thought that he, he, could, he had the tools in the ring. But he was, I mean, as he went on, Jesus, he really found himself. He really found himself, and um, is what I, I like to see. I like to to see how believable a wrestler is when they're wrestling. If they can make it look believable, and you know, he was one of him, him and Benoit. The looks of those kind of guys, and and then as he went on, he got more intense. And even in TNA, his 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 uh, his portrayal was more aggressive, and I thought that was really suit him. And I would have loved to see him kind of. Portray that in WWE at the time. And I don't know. He was kind of at that. At nearly, what, I think he finished up in Easy W didn't he? Before he went to in TNA. Five,
0: in 05 and 06 he was he was starting to get a lot more aggressive. In aggressive, games,
1: yeah, and it, and it just suited him suited him down to the ground, you know. But at the is same time, who he years. Yeah, at the same time though, the comic, the comedic stuff, he was brilliant at it. <laughs> I mean, the the stuff he did with Stone Cold Steve Austin with the hats and all, you know. Oh my god.
0: Brilliant, or uh, sexy Kurt.
1: Ah, oh, the little the little moped with Undertaker. You know what I mean?
0: Brilliant. <laughs> the cowboy hat with Steve Austin. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. we'll get into. Like I was just gonna say there, Dara, what you said was actually really smart, really good, and true. Because obviously, you you haven't worked on being around the TNA stuff too. Uh, you were kind of you know you followed it a lot more closely than than some of us. Noel, I know you're a big TNA guy, and Carol, you were too. I'll just kind of say, um, based on that, when you when you look at Kurt's career, he was one of those guys, like, you know, within that first two-year period, as you say, he was ready to go in the ring. And he was just like a yeah, fresh, prime piece of meat coming straight out of the butcher and straight onto the grill uh, and was great automatically. But the thing was, he actually, the reason he got better over time was because he started out, say, at a level above a lot of these guys. I mean, we're talking about wrestlers at a period when it was really difficult to make money, but also really difficult to be seen. And and really, really difficult to have the time to be allowed to get good and learn your craft while in front of the cameras. He did that. But the reason he became better over time was because he started at a level above everyone else and then went into his own level. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's why you saw him get better and better during his TNA days. A lot of people say, oh, well, boy, his TNA days better? Because it's natural. You're going to get better when, yeah. you're, when you're honing your craft. The problem is, I guess, and we'll, we'll, we'll get on to this, Noel, um, is that all the while he was looking great in the ring, you know, the, the, the he was coming in with, you know, he was going into TNA with already six broken necks, uh-huh. six occasions, you know, including his amateur stuff. So... Um, you know the word machine when it comes to Kurt Angle, I see it thrown around for Benoit the old time and stuff like that. But no, Benoit is not a machine compared to Kurt Angle. Did you want to, Do you want to kind of talk a little bit about that, guys? About the neck breaks and stuff like I'd that.
3: Say, I'd say it's probably. I'd say that's probably a little bit unfair to be honest with you, because they're, they're kind of, um, the kind of a carbon copy nearly of each other, with the exception uh, that Kurt probably had more to his character development. And he had sort of more, he was kind of broader in his um, ability to be able to adapt the stuff that was thrown at him. But I think we probably have to mention here as well, a lot of his improvement as well was down to the people he was paired up with and his dance partners. He was working with a lot of high-level guys. Benoit. Benoit.
0: No, I did. I did. I just wanted to chime in there and say I didn't mean that Benoit in terms of machine in the ring. I actually meant machine in real life behind the scenes in terms of how he won an Olympic gold medal with a broken neck. He wrestled through yeah. a broken You know, that's yeah. what I meant. Sorry. I didn't mean machine in the ring, yeah. but I, th- I yeah. think you're right. Yeah. Sorry. Go
3: ahead. <laughs> We also know in the background as well. We know that Benoit worked a lot of his career as well with injury and stuff like that as well. Maybe not to the extent of a broken neck and stuff like that. Winning a gold medal and stuff, but um, when when you compare both of them, they're so similar. Like it's just that Kurt, I think he had more to his character and he was broader in his ability to adapt the stuff. You would like Chris would have never pulled off the comedic stuff that that um Kurt pulled off. No, no way. But in but terms isn't, of, the machine, that, in terms isn't of, in that terms, what terms of what separates?
0: Isn't that what separates the great from the, the, the best stuff? You know what I mean? I,
3: suppo- I suppose it is, except if you're looking at your character as being kind of nearly like a straight shooter on a machine. It, you know what I mean? Like, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't lesser either of them over that, really. I'd probably have Kurt a little bit ahead because we are in that kind of entertainment industry as well. But I, I, just, think, I just think in terms of Kurt Angle, he had such great dance partners to work with. He worked with all the top people in the business. And surely that had to help him as well and bring him along <coughs> as well. If you're in the middle of a wrestler, you're naturally only going to get better. Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. without doubt, when you're, when you're in there with the best, I mean, when you think about it, he was in there early on with the Guerreros, the benois the Tazs, the Jerichos. I mean, these were all guys that were veterans of the business, so they definitely helped him yeah. I mean, you can't just say that Kurt and was already amazing without the help of those guys. I agree with that. No, no. Like it's,
3: it's, I mean, also, and even even when you look, even when you look through his TNA career, because kind of when we look at Kurt Angle, he kind of had two careers. Yeah. Apart oh. from his amateur career, he kind of had his WWE career. Oh yeah. And he had his TNA career, and and they're quite um where there are similarities in them as well. They're also kind of different in in many aspects of them because even when he went into TNA. He got to work with a lot of the top guys in there as well, and and like you can't underestimate what he did for the likes of Joe and AJ and guys like that and all. You know, once he went into TNA.
2: I would say I would say here, Noel, and uh, just just to, sorry for quote putting about you there. But TNA is obviously you know it's my thing. Like it's it's close near and there, and I'm always going to fight it. You know, I would say his career in TNA was better than his WWE career. And the reason why it said it is it rounded him out more as a performer. Like we got the it's it's sad, it's like it's like it's like Sting. Some of Sting's best years were in TNA. It's like, oh, yeah. you know, what we seen with AJ, some of his best years were in TNA when people didn't you know, you have to go back and look for them. But like the intensity it depends what you're looking for. Right. I love the sexy court stuff. I love the milk trucks or you know, this feud with uh with Triple H and Stephanie was great, but
3: oh. I I that. think I, I think I think in some aspects you're right there, uh, Dara, because of his um his TNA career. He probably had a lot more background stuff going on at the time yeah. as well that was yeah. difficult for him in terms of his private life. Yeah, and to still be able to show up and perform at that level, you know, like like to be going <clears throat> going there and have those matches with Joe and AJ and Christian and Sting and all those guys Jeff with
2: Jarrett. all that
3: stuff that was going on. Yeah, and Jeff Jarrett and and like. You know, to be able to stay so professional with everything else that was going on there as well like, probably—we'll we'll probably get to that later anyway. Like yeah. so,
2: exactly, just he, with the exception of one or two things in TNA when he was there, you know, that was more just the the situation rather than him. Everything he touched kind of turned to gold. You know, as I said, he was working with Joe. Joe was already a huge name from the Indies, but he like yeah. legitimised Joe in one of the most vicious, he definitely huge. Yeah. Uh, ever you know like that, that even the start of it where he comes in and he headbutts him and busts him out that was like, one of my oh, favourite that's one of my yeah. favourite
0: moments in wrestling guys because oh, I yeah. actually remember watching that and when I saw the nut like it was just you, you felt the aggression you felt
2: the yeah. energy from that
0: I'd yeah. agree yeah. I'd agree
3: if,
2: everything yeah, that, like, everything that Angle <clears throat> did in TNA was believable at this yeah. point that's
3: yeah very and awesome. that's, even, that's, even, that's, even 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 the comedic stuff he did he even made that kind of believable. Yeah, you know, I would agree. Oh, I would agree. Like, yeah. You know, like it, it's, it's no matter what he touched, he kind of made it believable, which, which is, uh, you know, a fantastic thing on his. Uh, career. Guys, and- it's
0: like it's like four sides to angle, right? So mm. think think about it this way, right? So he's got his <coughs> amateur career and his professional career, yeah? Mm. And then you've got Kurt with hair, who's the nerd and the funny guy because he looks stupid. And then <laughs> Kurt with Baldy. It's because and I don't mean he looks stupid, but he made himself look stupid. You know yeah, what I mean? He yeah. he played on that um he played on that, that kind of, you know, real annoying, geeky head. That's the way he, he came across. Yeah. He did that. It wasn't like if we saw Kurt walking down yeah. the street with that hairdo, you wouldn't go, He looks like an idiot. No, you'd walk the other side hoping that he'd break your neck. But the yeah. way he came across with that was brilliant because when he when he came out then with that shaven head, <laughs> even team angle. And he had the two yeah. boys with him. Yeah. Was sure, yeah. like, you went, oh think, my God, isn't that yeah. scary? I,
3: th- I think the thing we say about him is, like, even even when they flung stupid stuff at him to try and get over, yeah. he never thought it was outside of the main event. The stuff with Austin felt main event, even if it wasn't, he made it feel main event. Yeah. He made it feel mm. that that stuff that he was doing on the scooter with Undertaker and all that kind of stuff. He made that feel like it was the main event for his section, if you look. But you remember, he, he even, even still not,
2: but even still lads, right? To go, yeah. go back to the very beginning. That match with Taz, which was the opening match of the Rumble, I think. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. Right. That felt made that felt huge.
1: That yeah, felt it
2: did. huge. And it, it had did. no reason to. It had absolutely yeah, no reason did. to. But like yeah. there you go. I think he showed up his like his for example, um, WrestleMania to, to, uh, in two thousand with the, he walked in as the, the Euro Continental Champion, lost both belts to Benoit and Jericho. Like, his, the way he sold that, he's like, oh, I know, I was oh. never pinned, I was never pinned, I'm still the champion, you know, oh, yeah. he was, he, yeah. he th- those, he actually made the Euro, the European title mean something, because he was upset about losing it. You know, he kind of reminds
0: yeah. me, guys, I think Kurt Angle, especially in that period, in that period, now that you're talking about there. Hmm very much so he reminds me of someone that would have been in the uh, in the Bobby the Brain Heenan family you know he would fit right in there exactly Um, always had an excuse always very much Mr. Perfect Rick Rude kind of thing you know always an excuse I didn't lose the proper way but was still over because of that because they were able to because it made you go oh did he did he actually do that you know what I mean they made you have the ability to make a second guess yourself I guess
3: yeah but you know the funny thing about it as well, because of his work rate and his ethics and all and stuff like that, he would have fitted into the Heart Foundation as well.
0: Yeah, that's a that, yeah. Because you know I mean? he was such
2: a good worker, he,
0: he's, he's the was, ultimate. He's a guy that you would literally pay big money to just because he can fit anywhere.
2: Yeah, and like he but did, still be a star. <laughs> he, he did, you know. Like as I said, when he went to when he went to TNA, TNA was just starting to take off. It was just starting to be that kind of. Actually, at the time, people were like, "Oh, this is going to be you know competitor to WWE," which was ridiculous. But that was the belief because everyone was so hungry for it. Uh, he made it feel mainstream. He made it feel way bigger than it was. You know, I know Christian Cage was there. That's, so. There's someone else actually who had his best work in TNA um, yeah. Yeah. for very much the same reason. But um, when he got there, he was able to take this upstart. Inderrific promotion And push it to the next level we started Like I'll never forget That match he had With AJ Styles In Dublin The hour match That he had I think it was 2009 2008 yeah. That was unbelievable That tore the house down mm-hmm. yeah. Like I don't know If you guys were there But uh, that was one of the best no. Matches I've ever seen In, in yeah, my life right. You were at it mean, We world. were there Noel, weren't we yeah, right. yeah we were there And that was unbelievable And the hour And the two of them Just absolutely went in And killed the place I'd say that, yeah. No, I mean, when you because...
0: Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say we probably will eventually get get around to an episode on TNA, but while we're here, let's kind of maybe, you know, give some honourable mentions just in case they never appear on the show. And um, Dara, you mentioned there that, uh, you know, you thought Christian Cage's work, Christians' work, whatever you want to call them, mm. uh, was the best in there. I would agree with that. 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I especially loved when they actually had the £10 of gold as the title, yeah. personally. Yeah. that was I, I always felt they should have kept that belt, but obviously politics. Um, I mean, I would have loved to see Kurt holding that belt, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah.
1: Because
2: to, be to you, the
0: TNA belt may, may have meant something, but to me, it was just another big gold, fancy design. To and be me, fair, you know, he,
2: he did have a really nice TNA belt. He, <laughs> At did. The time, he did. He, he a really did, nice but belt. I'm just
0: saying, it never felt like a world's title, do you know what I mean? Whereas no. I think... The legitimacy of the ten pounds goal was what kind of um, yeah. kind of brought a lot of the outside world into that particular product. Yeah, exactly. But I think, but, but I think Christian Cage, Jeff Jarrett, I dare say, probably had his best work in TNA. I agree uh, with that. Raven, and,
2: Raven yeah, as well. <laughs> Raven yeah, as well.
0: Yep. He was on the tail end of of obviously a great run in WCW, um, having some great matches as well. So he did. So I mean, you you're right. With TNA, you got to see a lot of people come out and. Break them, break that um, that brass ring bullshit in their minds. I'm sure. You know what I mean. They were probably sick of the brass ring and all that crap. So it was a it was a great opportunity for a lot of these guys. Who else is there? Some other honorable mentions we can mention that in TNA.
2: Sean
3: Rhino. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, Rhino and Raven. Rhino and Raven
2: definitely had some of their their best stuff there. Raven did his whole he did his whole stuff with uh, Friday James Mitchell and. Feud of Punk and stuff like that, so that was great. It feels like, it feels like Punk should have been in TNA more, didn't it? At that he, was time. There, he, was, he was only there for like three or four months. That was it. And one, then he went out. One so. match, I think
0: he had one televised match,
2: yeah. And yeah, he, he was in a feud with Raven, but that was kind of okay. most of that feud was done out in Ring of Honor. So yeah. it was just kind of like it was happening, but it wasn't happening in TNA. He was just it, kind of there. kind of
0: missed yeah. the boat on that one, didn't he? Yeah, oh, 100%. Well, um, um, but back to Kurt. Oh, I would agree. Is is stuff with Chris Cage? I mean, his TNA stuff. In fact, after this show, I'm actually going to go back and watch more of, of the TNA stuff. Definitely, because I mean, some of those matches, like um, I believe there was there was a match. Was it a Slammiversary He had it with um, Joe.
2: No, he had a bunch of matches with Joe. Um, started all the way even uh, from the Genesis Six. Yeah. That's the, one. Yeah. that's the one the tail end of 2005 and 2006 that's and an then from 2006 up into the middle of the year but here's the thing yeah. he was still feuding with Joe um, around 2007 when he had all the belts every single yeah. one of the belts including the New Japan belt because I was there that's when I went to the impact zone I remember standing there in the crowd being like well that's a lot of belts <laughs> but <laughs> also around the time when uh, they, uh, they were doing a divorce angle with him and Karen if you guys remember that Yeah, and if you look at the the promo package for Hard Justice 2007, you can just see eighteen-year-old me standing there in the front row, going, "What is this?" You you need the screen. You need the
1: screen. You need the screen. I will. I'll find
2: it. I'll find it. Yeah, but so I always remember that that feud very, very well because I was literally there for most for like a big chunk because that's when they taped four or five weeks, actually even six weeks when I was there. Um, in yeah, one block.
3: Of
2: that month. Yeah, so you you tape a lot. So there's a big period there in 2007 that I'm just in the impact zone. So mm. yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. really cool.
0: And what about um? So Kurt, I I made a mistake earlier, and I'd rather uh I'd rather correct myself than be corrected, obviously with people um listening back <laughs> to this show. Uh, so Kurt obviously go to TNA. Was it 2003 or four? Six. It was 2006, so I was, I was yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was correct. I heard you saying 2005, so it wasn't. Uh, I thought I'd made a
2: boo-boo there. But... No, 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 no. But that, that was when they were phasing out away from yeah. the X Division stuff into a more – like 2005 was when you had uh, – what was it? Unbreakable? Unbreakable was the mass paper from 2005, yeah, where you had uh, Samoa Joe uh, and all that kind of stuff there. So they were really hyping up, and when he got Angle, that was their first big grab next to Christian Cage.
0: It was yeah. a it was a huge thing. I remember actually, you know, I I still have proudly have that uh, that edition of Power Slam when Kurt Angle was officially signed, so and Ooh. when he showed up, it was just incredible. But why don't we? Uh,
2: why don't we, we should we do, do an through? episode?
1: Yeah, we should do an episode on TNA definitely after him. Yeah, I
2: mean, look, oh yeah, that'd be great. Finally, it's get to use all those TNA DVDs I have. <laughs> I was <laughs> stacking up that big of TNA DVDs, so yeah. Yeah, you'll probably—I'll probably be sending
0: you uh, stamp addressed the envelopes there to borrow some, just so we Fair. can get, uh, get, get do some research on that one, because um, and I'd have a lot of fun doing so. But let's um, let's go to some of the other things. Noel, you've got a couple of bits there, and obviously, Noel is always our uh, our uh, our Mike TNA or professor when it comes to the. Uh, you know, some of the matches and stuff like that. What, what, um, Noel, what, 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 you've some great matches down and you've some bad, no, not bad moments, but, but some kind of, you know, some of the ups and the downs of, of Kurt's career. But maybe, maybe let's get into yeah, some of the, let's get up to some of the ups and downs so we can finish kind of strong, you know?
3: Okay. Hang on. Yeah. So I suppose some of his career highlights, if you like, is that what you're looking for? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sort of. No mercy. No mercy. Two thousand was his first WWF title win. Um, then they're sort of they're not in any specific order. WrestleMania thirty-four was his return. Yeah, um, putting Brock over obviously at WrestleMania nineteen was huge. That, was, that huge. was huge. Let's
0: let's 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 actually talk on that one then for a minute. Let's talk on that one for a minute because. Um, that match, I mean, obviously Kurt is going into that match, Kurt, and Brock is the 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 new, let's say the new young book to not steal a pun, but the, a real young book, mm. um, and he comes in and obviously gets hurt. I like the way Darius <laughs> happened there. No, I just
2: lo- I just love the way you guys hate the books so much.
0: <laughs> it's always really
2: entertaining. Sorry, I don't like the word "hate." I, think- I don't hate the young books. Just- I don't think they're wrestlers. The- I think they're actors. I, I just think it's really funny. I'm sorry. Just- every time. We'll do an episode
0: on the young books someday, guys. Don't Fair. worry. Oh, stop. Fair.
2: Fair. Fair. Um, don't no, just just before we get into um, into that match with Brock just some context about the first world title win right um that was that was a really that was the up to that point was the was the quickest rookie year for anyone like t- he debuted and within a year was world champion i think that didn't happen up until brock i could be wrong but i think up until that point he held that best rookie year and then brock came in and smashed it that is correct
0: yeah yeah
2: so it's kind of funny that like he put brock over after you know, getting a similar treatment to himself.
3: It's amazing, isn't it, when you look at those matches and you think of, like, all those guys that he put out there, the likes of Brock and, you know, he obviously did work with Edge and he also did work with AJ and with Joe mm. and with all these guys. But the, the way he constructed the matches and the way the matches went down, it never, felt, it never felt to me, personally as a fan anyway, that he was looking to put someone over or get someone over. You always felt, him that he was actually in the match because he actually was there and he wanted to win it. Yeah, I
2: felt yeah. that. I feel, you, know the
3: way, you know the way you look at some matches these days, and you see and you go, "Oh, that guy's in there; he's just putting that guy over." Yeah, but, yeah. like if the first match sort of almost that way with the Kurt Angle matches, they never flowed that way. You always thought, even in the title matches or Anthony was in with the likes of AJ or with mm. Brock or like that, that he clearly wanted to win those matches, and that's how he made you feel, was rather that's... than. Like I never felt at any stage in WrestleMania 19 in that match that he was there to put Brock over.
2: That's the way it's supposed to feel, right? It's supposed to feel like a real competitive yeah. sport, you know. And that's like, but yeah. like you're you're spot on, 100. percent Like it's you know, I think what, even to the match he <coughs> had with Edge with the hair versus hair match, at even that early, you were like, right, this is someone who, no matter what he's given, he's going to put it across and build up the young guys without feeling, mm. oh, he's got, he's going out because he's jobbing you know um, 100%. Uh, like, there's been other guys there who have done it and it's very clear that they're they're on their back just to put someone over like Sting would be a guy who you can obviously tell has just taken the, the loss there to put someone over but it, it's a legacy to Angle he makes everything feel real you know it's, it's real mm-hmm. it's damn real you know and it's yeah. like yeah it is everything is you know
3: Uh, i'd say say, say there's very few lads who came out of the ring after a match with him didn't feel like they'd been in a war and they'd earned every penny of what they did
2: oh yeah you that that's also anyone who worked with him like you're just you know particularly when they started using the angle lock or the ankle lock that for me was a big kind of change i thought for him where i was like okay he's this is really something that kind of added that extra layer of aggression that initially he didn't have. Well, he started using it in late 2001, 2002, if I remember correctly. And uh, it, it was out of nowhere, because up to that point, as a fan, again, I was like, as a as a child as well, I was like, oh, that's that's a Ken Shamrock's move. Why is he using mm-hmm. Ken Shamrock's move? Right? And well, then you're like... Also...
3: Hmm? What? Sorry, what? what?
2: I was going to say, you know, why was it Ken Shamrock's move? You know, and that, for me, that's why I associated with. So it kind of added that level of extra... Vaness, it was kind of like when uh, The Rock started using the sharpshooter, the terrible sharpshooter that he does. It was, like, it was, like, it was around that time when they all started adding in those submission holds. But I think Angle's one was the best one because it, it stuck with him for years and it became mm. almost synonymous as the Angle slam.
3: But it, it was a brilliant way for him as well to develop that whole facial emotion thing. Yeah. Because exactly. I mean, when you put that sort of lock on, his face was so fired up. The intensity, yeah. the sweat, the mm. aggression, everything. The veins, and the nutrition. veins in the neck,
2: and the singlet, yeah, the singlet amazing. came off, and everything. And he was just yeah. ready to go. You know, it was awesome. It really was. It was just you could see it building and building. Like it's amazing. We're looking at somebody who came in at the top of their game, but then learned to be a professional wrestler as it was happening. Well, um, yeah. in the best way possible. Like, he was always a wrestling machine. But adding these little tools, by the time he would get to 2006, 2007, 2008, the man was just ready to go. He was one of the best in the world.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. One of, the, one of the greatest of all time, in my opinion. Easily, easily. you know, if someone said to me that Kurt Angle was their favorite wrestler of all time or he was in their top three, no argument from me.
2: Uh, you um, know, that, that match with Sean, I say that now, I'll put it up there. It's a uh, love that match. What a match! Oh, I love that match. match. Oh, that's, that's yeah. Outstanding WrestleMania match for me, actually. For me, that sums up what WrestleMania is match quality as far as like what you think of because you yeah. have Shawn Michaels there, come on, like but then also he's working with Anglo.
0: That's what wrestling is. You asked the question earlier yeah. why, why do we not like the Young Bucks? <laughs> there, there's your answer. Cause, uh, uh, cause it's a super it's a yeah, super yeah, kick yeah, party, yeah. lads. It's a super yeah.
2: kick party, come on. They, they don't they don't take
0: that type of wrestling seriously, so that's why I don't take them seriously. Ah that's fair, that's fair.
2: I, I'm gonna be I knew I gonna have to be the heel then, I every time I bring up the Young Books? Yeah, there you go. Yeah Are you actually a fan of it? the Young Books? I like the Young Books, I think they're a good laugh, but it's it's pro- pretty much because yeah. I like trolling people, so that's probably oh. why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have
3: to we have to mention Milko Mania don't we
2: oh man nice oh, yeah. like you know actually I don't know if you guys played the games back in the day but remember like just bring it when you, that happened you were playing the career mode and you are like oh this oh, is great so just little things like that you're like yeah. I'm glad it was immortalized there because it has yeah. not only the moment but then also the the video game nostalgia as well it was <laughs> fantastic fantastic time
3: and I thought then I had mentioned the two huge tap outs of course uh Hulk Hogan, a king of the ring.
2: Yeah,
3: that was, was a major one.
0: <laughs> well, that was a major one for Hogan, for Hogan to actually, I mean, Hogan, I remember in 2002, that's when I was kind of breaking in actually and, and I was watching it and I remember uh, being told by Paul Tracy, he said, just watch everything that Kurt Angle does. Just watch everything that he does. I remember actually studying him and I think that was at a time when he was having a feud with Hogan. It was actually, 2002. Yeah. And, um, I remember well, I just remember watching Kurt and kind of then really becoming a fan and appreciating the legitimacy of this guy, and um, because I don't think I'd have, I don't think any of us like we're saying I don't think anyone appreciated the legitimacy of what Kurt had actually achieved or well, done. here's Until the thing: you actually get in and nearly break your neck <laughs> yourself there's, there's, and you're like oh
2: there's one thing there's one thing in this that I'm just trying I don't want to I don't want to be wrong here. There's one match that isn't on your list there and Oh, it is actually sorry, it's number two. Um, I apologise. But that for me that would be a career highlight, and that's when legit that it was a street fight at King of the Ring 2001 with Shane McMahon. That's the most extreme yeah. thing I um, saw yeah. I saw as, as a child before I discovered combat zone wrestling or something Shame like that. Shane going through the through the
0: glass and
2: all that. Oh man, like that was just vicious where he just I never saw that before. Even watch ECW <laughs> because it looked real and because it, it was, it was that was real glass and he was throwing him <laughs> through it. And you're like, Oh he, my god, he's killing he give, man. and he, he didn't
1: get him through with the
2: four slam so, so he did picks it him again. up and throws him
0: again. You know, so. <laughs> and shout out, to, shout out to Shane because Shane was the one that told him to do
2: it. So. He's a tough son of a bitch, he but is. Like, yeah. That that was kind of when you're like, Right, angle is he's really not messing around, he's going to like really hurt him. So I think when he tapped out Hogan, I don't think Hogan had a chance, had a choice because he could have just shoot with it anyway would have broke his ankle like legit and you bought that you oh, know but it was, yeah but it was the fact that hogan
0: actually looked at someone like kurt because you know hogan was always oh, maybe well, maybe we do something else brother you mm-hmm. know and it was i think it was the fact that hogan even looked at someone like this guy and went this guy is the real deal you know yeah. what i mean yeah you're, you're getting it from probably the biggest star of all time you're getting the you know that not only to lose but to tap
2: you know, Hogan could have probably politicked for a for a, a clean finish. But, but that, see, the thing about it is, well, Hogan politicking and again, once the bell rang, once the bell rang, you know, literally could have broke his ankle. So I think but, you know, those of those but, things where it could have. Re- if he had went in for business for himself, Angles. But it's broken.
0: but it's the same. It's the same thing with the Sheik and Hogan back in '84. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it exactly, doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. I think we're we're kind of just. It's it's more a fact that like. It's Hogan actually well, appreciating you know, such a young talent as well. Yeah. Um, and
2: so we, so we see it again in, in TNA, you know, where he didn't screw him over in TNA. He's one of the only people that Hogan didn't now, really hurt if, if
0: Shawn Michaels had to decide to try and politic with Kurt Angle, that'd be a different story because he was still well, <laughs> well fair, within an, an age where he could have got really hurt.
2: That's fair. Oh. One thing as well the second tap out with Austin at Unforgiven, some background, right? Remember what happened in September 2001, one, nine eleven. Mm-hmm. So the decision to put the belt on um, on Angle there was kind of like the moralist American,
1: American thing, yeah.
2: Yeah, like th- I I was in I was in Philadelphia 2001. Came well in August, so I remember seeing the ads for Unforgiven. I actually have the WBF magazine from then, and then I came home and 911 happened. I was like, Jesus, good thing I wasn't there. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was weird, you know, to see that happen. And you're just like. The world changed and Kurt Angle was the face of that. so fair play you know? yeah yeah. and to be be fair
0: um, probably you know I I don't want to say this because it'll sound kind of condescending or maybe disrespectful to some you know former superstars but probably one of the real American heroes that they've actually had you know what I mean? who represented their country and broke their neck to do so, just it was, to bring it was, some,
2: a it was something that never changed. Yeah. He always was. You know, Even when he was a heel, he didn't downplay that he was an American hero. He just <clears throat> had a bit of an arsehole about it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he's, like, he's Conor McGregor before his time. <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: I also think he played a, a good role in uh, John Cena's rise to the top as well. Yeah, off very, that good very good
2: show, yeah, yeah, really good show. And very
1: good show. Also with the with the the thing, remember he used to dress up like him and all of that. Oh, that, that, was <laughs> that was
0: amazing. That was amazing.
2: I missed yeah. that. I I missed it. That was fun. You know, it was yeah. kind of good to see that show WrestleMania. So
3: right, I I think those uh, guys he worked against he ended up coming out in their ring gear. <clears and throat> <another>. Yeah, <laughs> that's it, a
2: fair yeah. point as well. That's a fair point. As well. To be fair though, the best thing of that is still Sexy Kurt. And if anyone hasn't oh. seen that, look up that segment. It's still <laughs> absolute gold.
0: Guys, he brings out the sensational Sherry, who I still to this Fantastic. day have a crush on. Always yeah. have a crush on Sherry. I, I love the woman. Yeah, um, good time. And he brings out Sherry, even though Sherry's a little bit older back then, she does a fucking great job with it as well. <laughs> yeah. He's coming out, he's, he's doing, you know, sexy Kurt and, oh, <laughs> just, it was, It was literal, it
2: was gold.
0: I it mean, was gold was, as like, it was happening.
2: Yeah, I'll make your we, ankle uh, hurt. Brilliant. <laughs> These are the things that we talk
0: about: comedy and wrestling. This is comedy and wrestling. This yeah. is the kind of comedy yeah. that you want.
1: Stuff you'll, re- no. stuff you'll remember. Stuff that's memorable. Yeah. You know?
3: Yeah. That's yeah. the, that's the them, difference between them. when they got it, they got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, you go on. Like, no, uh, you you have
3: some other matches or bits there. Uh, where are we? Yeah, no, I think we covered those career highlights. That's mainly I talked about the two topics. pretty much. And, yeah, match with Sean. and they're they're kind of the highlights And TNA. You know, you had see so many. I mean, I don't remember him having too many bad matches in TNA. You look who he went against, not even the stuff he was doing with Jay Lethal was fantastic. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and uh, most of the matches he featured on, like, like he even he even he even worked with Desmond Wolfe, who was uh, McGuinness. I yeah. Think. You know, so he, he worked with some incredible athletes in there, and Because so, so, a lot of the guys he worked with in there that were guys that could really go, you know.
2: Mm. And you can see that with his, you know, it, you know, there's a couple of matches that we that we could say, you know, are your go-to matches. But what would be like your favorite WWE match for ECU? Like you said, yeah, one angle match. I'll go first, and it's a street fight for me because it's just the best, the best lot. But what would be what would be your favorite from WWE anyway?
3: Um,
0: 19 Yeah, the one with Brock, definitely. Mine would be purely, purely from a storytelling point of view. Would be with Sean. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think- just thought you had you had two guys there at their absolute peak. I mean, Sean Michaels is obviously going to be talked about one day on this show. You know what I mean? He's yeah. had two peaks. He's another. These are two peas in a pod when it comes to just being good at what they do. So. Um, I thought to to see that match. In fact, so much so I'm going to watch that again later. Uh, mm, yeah, that would be that's that's one of my favorite matches of
2: all time. Actually, everything on this list that you put together, Noel, it's like you know they're, they're instant classics. You know yeah. the, the uh, one there that I only watched much later on, and I, it's because that's when I was out really not watching wrestling as much as I was. I just kind of dipped my toes back in. Was uh Kurt Angle versus The Undertaker in No Way 2006. Good show. That was one that I didn't, I missed. <laughs> and I went back and I watched it. And I was like, damn, that match was good. It was oh, so good. good.
0: Yeah.
2: Do you remember when, uh, was
0: that the one where he's like a void and take her all night and take her, follow him on the bike? Remember that? Remember there was a, there was a show and, and it was, um, he was meant to be wrestling, obviously American badass and uh, he's just avoiding
2: Undertaker like a plague. And, you know, no. I think t- take her, take Canadian. her, no, take her come back with the hat and stuff. Okay, well, point, the yeah. the one you remember that back <laughs> when he was the American
0: badass, and yeah, he was uh, he was chasing chasing Kurtz, and Kurt's like trying to avoid him, like mm. yeah. Um, that was
1: that was around the time with the the skill, now,
0: yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. It was absolutely just just. Darren, what
2: was
3: your favorite TNA match?
2: Um, that's like again, you compiled a fantastic list. Yeah. Uh, personally my heart is the, mat, the one in Dublin against AJ because it was yeah. just phenomenal um, yeah. no on, pun intended no, no <laughs> pun intended um, but it, look all of them are good you know, honestly his feud at Rhino was decent that cage match great show I haven't heard anybody talk about that in ages Angle versus Joe in with Genesis 2006 is, is probably the most solid of the whole lot there um, that's the one that's the one it, yep. it's so so solid very closely yeah. I, I, the one at Hard Justice 2008 with AJ like he just had these guys in TNA that he could work with and you're like once you saw them you're like this match yeah. everything else on this card could be terrible but this match is worth paying for it alone or watching it alone and if it was Joe or AJ yeah. man you are just in for good time Desmond Wolf, as you said Nigel McGuinness he was someone else who had the similar chemistry. It was really sad what happened. But um, he, he had some feud with him and TNA, I tell you that much.
3: Yeah. The match um, against Joe at Lockdown was fantastic.
2: I love Lockdown. Lockdown is my, was my favorite TNA gimmick. I, it's ironic because yeah. we're living Lockdown now. <laughs> yeah, I, that'll happen. yeah. But, um, yeah I, I love that idea. And just to have them in the cage match, um, all the show, was, was just a unique thing to do. So I, I thought they worked it really, really well. Was this the MMA one? This was the MMA one, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Love That was that was even a, a more unique spin on an already unique gimmick to have them have basically an MMA fight inside yeah. the lockdown cage. By the way, speaking of, speaking of lockdown matches, Sabu versus Samoa Joe was a fantastic little lesser-known match from lockdown 2005, I think.
3: Yeah. Big um, Sabu. So, oh, man.
2: So. That's a fun match. Well,
3: what, was the, what, was, what was the other lockdown one? AJ versus Abyss. AJ versus
2: Abyss again, it, dude. Abyss was one of those guys who I love. Abyss. He's one of my favorite TNA talent, and uh, yeah, any Abyss match, great. Well, no, that's a lie. Sorry, a Anybody- big lie. But usually, great.
3: sort of low lowlights in his career are actually, in terms of the man himself, are actually highlights.
0: Yeah, because he overcame them.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, like to be able to pull off the storyline line with Jeff Jarrett when your your marriage is in ruin. It's phenomenal, oh. and to be able to. all you want ask, to do is tear his head off.
0: Yeah. So, say, say that. that again, Ian. Yeah, I'm saying because all you'd want to probably do in that situation is actually tear the guy's head off for real, but to be able to, yeah. you know, go in there and, and and but also to Jeff Jarrett as well to be able to kind of know that he can go in there and trust Kurt not to break him in half. Is you know what I mean? That's yeah. another testament too. To Kurt Angle's level of
2: professionalism, but that that goes to the point that we were talking about. uh Noah was talking about earlier on. Even is the sad part about his TNA career was, it was like the darkest period for him professionally, and he was still able to go in and be the professional, be the pro wrestler, rather than just yeah. someone going in there and you know it was even something that Benoit couldn't do yeah. in WCW. You know where he would, yeah, you know, I was on dark side of the ring where he'd go in and. You know, take it out on um, Kevin Sullivan and stuff like that. You know, it was just like—I
3: mean, if you if you really want to look at his professionalism, just look into the background of skipping the Hall of Fame ceremony, the Lou Tez one. I mean, really? that that shows you the character of the man, really. You know. Well,
0: go ahead, fill us in on that one. Yeah, no, I'm not aware you...
3: of what he was. Um, he was planned to um, enter the Hall of Fame, the Lou Tez one. Right. And he uh, he couldn't make it because he had already been booked. I think to Impact tapings or TNA tapings or whatever it was. So he didn't show up. And then Gerald Briscoe proceeded to throw him under the bus all night at the at the uh, at the ceremony. And then they actually auctioned off his Hall of Fame plaque on the night and it sold for two hundred and fifty dollars.
2: No way. Yes,
3: yeah. But it just it just got to show you the professional isn't the man, he was not gonna miss his T V tape and stuff like that. You know? And the
0: thing about it is Kurt Angle, knowing the type of guy that he is, would not for you know for any other reason, would not have missed the chance to be inducted into a Lucas Hall
3: of Fame. Oh, no,
2: absolutely not. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, Unfortunately, it was just, when you, you know, I, I, one thing you can say about him, or like, is everything is like he is the wrestler's wrestler, but he's also the, the wrestler's professional wrestler. You know, no matter what was going on, he was there. You know, we, we you know, he was arrested at one point. He was having stuff with, you know drug charges, all this kind of stuff. And he was still there, still wrestling, still working. You know, even to his, I remember when, when uh, myself and my mate Gary were doing, doing the, the desk at the time, we were looking going, this guy's going to die in the ring. It got worrying at the point where, as far as the tail end of TNA, he was doing stuff where, like, will he die in the ring? Because we, we were convinced for a while that was, was going to happen. And that's, that's how far it went. He just couldn't stop. You know, he just couldn't stop being that 100 percent character. And believe it or not, that's actually what got him fired from WWE in the first place. With ECW, Vince was worried about him. He wasn't. He wasn't going to take time, and he he got he was got he got let go. Now it worked out well because we arguably we got some of his best work. I would say probably his best work, but it was also kind of worrying because this man was a liability near the end. I think
0: um, I think when it comes to Kurt, um, you know, having, having listened to some interviews of recent, um, it, it's a thing that he, again, he was built to be a machine. The guy is a machine. You know what I mean? So work ethic and, and canceling work and not showing up doesn't come into that kind of guy's MA, you know, or his MO, whatever you want to call it. He, um, he is just an absolute <laughs> machine. And you, he's the type of guy, unfortunately, that you have to save them from themselves. You know exactly. what I mean?
2: That's it. You know, and that's what if I say. He now, if, he, if he
0: could, he would still be wrestling now, even though his body won't allow him to.
2: Well, look, we, we talked... Uh, well, look, okay. Well, one, we talked about that with Benoit, where they had? there's a lot of crossover. And that crossover, that crossover of not being able to stop is, uh, you know, apt. But also, there is... Um, you know, when he came back, I was just on that point. He made you know, we'd still be doing it when he came back and had that match with the shield, like as a member of the shield. Uh-huh. I thought that was a joke, and there he is. And you're like, all right, Kurt must be good to go for a little while more. And then he was, I was shocked. Yeah. Well, do you remember like a couple of months before
0: that, he had had a match with Cody on an uh, indie show in the UK and had done the, the, right off the cage as well, yeah. So, I mean, this guy was still doing a south off the cage while his legs were bent, yeah. you know, and can't walk properly. Yeah. Yeah. But, again, yeah. you know, someone like Kurt Angle is a very well-drilled machine. Yeah. Like I said, and I keep using the word machine, but that's exactly what it is.
2: There's no other way to describe it. It's no. inhuman. It's a natural how talented, but also how driven this man was. Like, again, he, he won the gold medal with a broken neck. That should like I know that that was kind of drilled into the ground as like a gimmick, a joke. But no, that's the kind of person he was. Mm. It, was know, it, it was real. It was real. It was real. You know, and even when it was wrestling, which isn't real, professional wrestling, which isn't real, it was still real to him. Yeah. And we bought it. Yeah, exactly. We 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 bought it. You know. So, but again, like that's one thing that, as great as it was, and what he was able to do, I'm kind of glad he's not doing it anymore because I, mm. the person I was always worried about dying in the ring was Jeff Hardy. Or um, Kurt Angle Jeff Hardy from a massive drug overdose Before he went out With Victory Road That was kind of where I was like Oh yes, here it is It's going to happen And it didn't Thankfully But Kurt Angle Doing something yeah. really stupid like that That was always my fear Watching the Kurt Angle match oh.
1: You know, I would love have see- loved well, Go ahead No, no, you go ahead Go, go, go No, no, far away, go on I was just going to say I would have loved I, I, I see small similarities Between uh, angle and cesaro actually. In the just the the, the way he, uh he, he tries to carry himself, Cesaro. I know he doesn't get a fucking look in <laughs> <here or> there. <laughs> he doesn't you know? get a look in. Yeah. No. You know what I mean? But like <laughs> yeah. he, he walks he's that kind of stiff walk like like I think he's a great walker be- worker, believable worker, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And uh I would have loved him even if they had a, even had if they had a had angle with him instead of that Jason Jordan storyline, you know. Someone like, like, like he could have done wonders for Cesaro. We think, you know.
2: Well, it was the, it was the time. If Cesaro, if if Cesaro had been in w, if, look, if Cesaro, if Cesaro had been in TNA, I think he would have had a much better career than he did. Yeah. But at yeah. that time, he was in Ring of Honor, so he had a pretty good career as it was. But um, I mean, like if he had if he had have had that same look as Angle, you know, because Angle came in in the there, made a name for himself, and then had that marketability going into TNA. It was just the look of the draw, guys. We've said this, you know, it, it's not the worker, it's usually bad booking. Yeah. And in Cesaro's case, it's a ferocious booking. But well, one of the <laughs> I
0: had to had to throw this in for the shopkeeper. And going to laugh at me here, but uh one of the I just checked out there one of the three one of the top three um dream matches of all time from every this is obviously universal vote is Kurt Angle and Bret Hart. That's a funny uh... one. And I'm sure, Shopkeeper, I'm going to ask you this, Noel. <laughs> no, a serious question. Yeah, like what would that match look like? In fairness,
3: the 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 bread and bread and curd one.
0: Yeah, I mean that. That I think I'm. i Hang on, I'm going to read here. Uh, it's actually number two in in one of this is just some site here. But over two thousand votes on this site says that that was one of their uh, one of their most requested dream matches of all time. but uh, And that actually goes on, and it says because Kurt was asked the question in 2008, uh, who would be an opponent that he would love to wrestle, and his opponent was Brett. And I've actually heard him say that before, so that's...
3: oh well, yeah, well, I don't think it wouldn't... It wouldn't have been any dissimilar, really, to some of his matches with Benoit, to be honest. I mean, you're talking about that caliber of worker. Yeah. You yeah, know, it's enough. not. It's not necessarily that I have an issue with bread. It's a, It's of an issue with Brett fans. That's
2: fair. That's very fair. That's very fair. <laughs> I, c- <laughs> Hi, I, uh, I
3: have an issue with wrestling fans in
0: general. So, uh,
3: but look, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks, so. Thanks, thanks because uh, you, you- spent too much time in a warehouse and Bray. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're probably oh, right.
3: We can't stop without talking about Kurt's induction into the Hall of Fame. Very true. Very there, there,
2: true. there is one thing before that, though. In, your, in his greatest rivalries, you left out Jericho. Yeah, I don't know why. And I, I think a- that I think that's unfair. Yeah, I mean, you see, Noel has a problem with Jericho as well. Noel has a problem with people that don't. T-shirts in the shop. Listen, Jericho. <laughs> Jericho's band Banned me on Twitter because I gave them a bad review. I got over it. It's fine. Jericho banned you. No
3: reason. No, there's he... a reason. I, there's, there's a reason I didn't put Jericho in. Okay, go on. And the reason I didn't he put Jericho, like Jericho in. Go. No, is because I didn't want it to descend into another AEW podcast. No,
2: well it can't. Yeah. It can't look. It can't. Jer- look Jer- 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 Jericho won't Angle, won't Angle, won't. Jericho Angle. I think he wouldn't have got over he wouldn't have got and the same with Benoit look this is controversial but in my opinion he wouldn't have got over as successfully as he did in those early months without without Jericho and Benoit
0: they really
2: they really legitimised him Jericho had a big part in
0: that he did have have a huge part in that Jericho did 100% especially in the early days, particularly, like if you watch his first yeah. three
2: or four months, it's all Jericho, it's all Ben Wan, it's all and, and it was all Jer- a lot of it,
0: a lot of the, the B shows and the Raw was Jericho, especially like you know what I mean. So, yeah. it was those two, those two definitely had a year. I
2: just, I, I just had to say that before we kept going. Sorry, friend. Well, Jericho is going
3: to get his own show, I'm sure, on this, you know, absolutely, I, absolutely. Uh, and for the record, I am a Jericho fan.
0: Yeah. He is a Jericho fan. But I
3: just I'm know, just trying to so because you
0: said breath fans. There's two of them here. So we were just – we the two breath fans here were just curious to see what you meant, that's all.
3: I'm trying to get a rouse out of you.
0: <laughs> I'm going to take a deep breath and a sip of beer for the working man just to make sure. Very <laughs> fair. Guys, so there's a question. A sip of beer for the working man, as I said. What about some of Angle's work with Stone Cold? Actually, that's some of my favourite moments, both in the ring and oh, out of the ring. Yeah, I, I don't it's mentioned enough, actually.
1: Mm. Well, um, I think it's more... It's, sorry, uh, Darren. Sorry, I think on. it was more known for the comedic stuff, really, wasn't it, more yeah. so. Yeah, like, yeah. It was I,
2: fantastic. I, it's, it's, a, it's a different side. You know, it's, it's the tail end of... Ta- it's the tail end of Austin's real heavy ring involvement. Mm-hmm. But it was also kind of playing to that that comedic side that helped him push into the main event, because th- that was it. He had this bridge, the bridge from Angle Benoit, sorry from, from Jericho Benoit, into the main event was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Ironically enough, and then he just kind of stayed there. Yeah,
3: yeah. No, I think. You know, I think Angle-
0: go ahead. no. I was just going to say, sorry, just while it was on the tip of my tongue. Some of um, I was watching a couple of matches there about two months ago. Um, some of the best work. That angle and had with, was also The Rock. Oh, yeah. They
2: legitimately had
0: some great matches.
2: Oh, yeah. Like The, the Rock, uh, the, his match, particularly around that time, um, what was it for? Vengeance? That was it? The Vengeance, the yes. yes. mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, around that time, like late 2001, was fantastic. Um, it was like the highlight of The Invasion, really. Uh, which, it you was. know what, That actually, that's a podcast in and of itself. Um, oh, yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like that that was kind of like a highlight of it where angle was kind of being that kind of uh constant wrestler going against austin and The Rock at different points it was, it was great and that and we definitely need
0: to do an invasion one because that i mean that pay-per-view itself you know for for whatever you know disagreements people will have that was a that was some good stuff on that you know and kurt angle in particular sean on that pay-per-view
2: I really
3: like the pay per view. Yeah, me I too.
2: I think
0: the
3: other the other thing you have to mention as well is that um a man who's getting vilified at the moment, and um, the impact that Vince had on his career, which was huge. Oh, even yeah. within the storylines.
2: Oh yeah, without without a doubt, like he was uh, when Austin turned heel and they were doing more comedic stuff. But you know, Angle was his boy then. You know, when, so. is, Vince, when is Vince not getting vilified? To be fair, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor old Vinny Mac. To be fair, though, you know it's he usually deserves it, but he deserves a lot he more puts, praise he, than he gets. Though
0: he puts his hands out to be slapped, and he likes them being slapped. You know what I mean? So it's it's it's, it's <laughs> just. The way it is. I mean, it's it's no. I mean, they're they're all conversations for a different time. But look, Vince is Vince is Vince, and at the end of the day, um, I'm going to say something nice about Vince here too. I mean, the thing is, you look at the guys that you know Vince has helped make stars I, I never like using that word that he made stars that he has given the opportunity to guys that have become stars yeah I always
2: appreciate him in the end you know what I mean well All look of, here's the thing I, here's the thing right? I was actually watching the shoot last night when they were talking about Vince and he said look everything to him is just business Yeah. so he'll be like I'll oh, cut him save money and then he'll say oh how's it going the next you know and treat him great but Vince everything is just business good or bad
3: and that's it and yeah I he, think. So. I think I think when they did the twenty four seven on him that time or whatever it was, I think when he came back that time, and you could see when he met up with Vince and stuff like yeah. that, and I know yeah. sometimes a lot of the stuff is of camera, but I think with that stuff it looked very genuine, you know. I I thought
2: that too. I thought that too. That that really seemed like he yeah. was happy to see him, and it wasn't like, oh, there's a camera there, because I I think Vince just doesn't really care
3: yeah. at this
2: moment. He just doesn't care, so it's like so so look, the, Vince said, get the, the cameras out.
0: Yeah. Look at the amount of people Vince has kind of fallen out with in the end. I mean, the ultimate warrior fucking held him to ransom in like You know what I mean? Jeff Jarrett and, did as well. And did Jarrett did as well. I mean, yeah. he obviously had that Montreal thing. He's had lots of things, but when you see him with the guys in the end, you know, he, he you know, some of them he genuinely does love. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's just, look, these business, this is why billionaires, this is why we aren't billionaires, guys, because we probably don't have that gene where you can just cut people off, not think, twice about it and then not understand why they have an issue with it you know what
2: and i mean it's, it's it's a psychopath gene that's yeah you yeah know, so. psychopath
0: or psychopath whatever one you want to call it's
2: probably a bit of both but, mm. but that's yeah. it you know and look you can't hold that against them you know i would say look for all if it wasn't for vince angle we wouldn't be talking about Kurt angle we wouldn't yeah. be talking about you know as good as his tna career was he got the tna career because we had we got his WBF career, WWE career. So, you know, hate him as much as you want, but he's the reason why wrestling is what it is. For good or bad. In, In
0: kind of closing up here, for all, for all the little kind of smart marks out there, and I'll call the ones that like, just love going on Twitter and love kind of just, you know, ripping into people just for the sake of it, because it makes them feel cool. There would be no podcast. There would be no wrestling. There would be no wrestling podcast from anyone. There'd probably be no wrestling in Ireland, really. If yeah. it wasn't McMahon. Mm. So, let's, let's really kind of look at it as black and white as it is. You know yeah. what
1: I mean? Absolutely.
3: It,
0: it would yeah. be still
3: I a team of I just, yeah. yeah, I just felt looking at that comeback, it was, like, it was like nearly his son returning from war or something like that. You know? That's I what it felt like. like. Yeah. That's what it felt yeah. like.
2: Yeah, And apparently, and lads. Just, yes, great show. Apparently, lads, he, he's that high up on AJ as well. Really? Yeah. Apparently wow. he loves he loves AJ Styles, so it's well like, that's, that's a good you know, thing because
1: yeah. let's let's be honest. I mean, I I I was like I was never a huge uh, AJ fan in TNA. I wasn't. Sorry.
0: I'm a huge. but <laughs>
1: well, Jesus, he's like he, there's no denying the man's talent. So rightly so, he should be, and I, hopefully, hopefully he stays where he is. Not in the, yeah. not buried, not buried alive.
2: <laughs> but, <laughs> you know. Well, he's dead He's dead.
0: dead.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well, the O.C. are now coming back anyway, so... Oh, take our finish those off. Too soon. Uh, too soon? Nah, still. His yeah. <laughs> no, but I guess, like,
0: on, on, as you said, we're closing up here on this one. What about, um, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people feel indifferent and, and some people feel very, very angry that Kurt's last match was with Baron Corbin.
2: Um, I'm more upset that it's with Baron Corbin when he's dressed like a barman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like yeah. what you know, come on. Like, what are you doing? You know, but look, I it, mean, it it sells a look, you know this, Ian. You go out on your back. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so he had to go out to someone. So So he did he did the honors but for, for yeah. Didn't
1: he did he yeah. pick them? no did he pick them? Did he?
2: No, he didn't did, pick yeah. him. Did he pick him?
0: Did
1: he pick yeah,
2: him? Yeah, I think he did.
3: Yeah, I, think heard, he did. I heard, I heard, oh, I heard wow. he had picked Baron Corbin, and I also heard that he had, he had suggested to Vince that he didn't want it made a big deal. He just wanted to drift yeah. it off. Well, look, but then, we can't be, be then we can't... He didn't want to be a big the, the reason I asked that question
0: was because I thought that was a nice way to close, and it shows what kind of man Kurt Angle is, that well,
2: but we, but he we felt, felt
0: that he owed the company that. You know we've I mean? said,
2: well, we look. We've said this throughout this whole podcast. His career is making dudes. Yeah, yeah. You know, like legitimately, that's what he did. So compared to like, there's some guys who haven't. A lot of guys who haven't. But you know, Edge, uh, Samoa Joe, Brock Lesnar, AJ Styles, John Cena. You know, Baron Corbin I was just the only one he had <laughs> left. So fuck, go <laughs> for it. Why not?
3: Yeah, I suppose. I suppose when you look at it as well, if he had to pick someone that he had previously worked with, it might have been a kind of a slide on the body of his career, of his Maybe. work.
2: Maybe. Because yeah.
3: like who would he pick? Does he pick John Cena, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Undertaker, awesome. Like, who do you pick in that body of work? So he probably kind of had to go for someone new. Yeah. And look, you know,
2: it's I, I it's it's a match that I don't really care about. It hmm. It is what it is. But look, he had nothing to prove at that point it was like okay fair enough someone has to take you out and you have to take the loss because that's what you do yeah, but um,
3: yeah.
2: it just is what it is you know you can just,
3: tell you can, you can tell by his emotion and all that he wanted it to be low key. it wasn't something he wanted oh. he yeah. didn't want a big deal made of it
2: he didn't want he didn't want the the Shawn, the, the Shawn Michaels or the Ric Flair treatment he just wanted no. it gone that was it so fair enough
0: well I guess a great way to finish guys would be to kind of do a little quick fire around, actually yeah. Um, and see where would you guys put Kurt in your all-time top say ten? And um, let's 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 have a couple of quick words as to as to why he's in there. I'll go first if you want. Yep. Um, Kurt is in my top ten, especially recently, kind of rekindling my fucking love for the man. Um, and I would say he's very high up in that top ten list. Um, like really, really high, as in up in the top three. I think he has every reason to be in that top um, echelon because A, of his work in the ring, <clears throat> B, his, his character work, and C, because of the of what he'd done outside of the, of the ring before he got into wrestling too. Because mm. I'm, I'm a big fan of amateur wrestling anyway. Yeah. Um, so to see that you know to see what he's done and transition and not just become good but become great, um, I would have Kurt in my in my top top ten for sure. All
1: right. I'll hold on next I don't mind. <laughs> um, I've actually met Kurt Angle uh, once when he was coming through the airport, and he was a gentleman. And like they always say, never meet your heroes. I'm oh, lucky. That when I've met the few people who consider, you know, up there, Uh, they've been nice. He was one of them. He would definitely be in my, definitely be in my top ten. Maybe just outside the top five. I don't know. He could be. He could be definitely in there. But uh, everything I watched, (laughs) everything that Angle did, I enjoyed. And that's all you want from wrestling. I enjoyed it. Whether it was the mm-hmm. comedic stuff, whether it was the serious stuff, and as I said, I look back at the the, the real intense stuff he did in TNA, mm. and always my favourite parts of the TNA was when Angle was involved. So all I want is to be is to enjoy wrestling, and he everything he did, I enjoyed it. Remember when he like sorry to go on a bit, Remember when he used when he came, when he got the head shaved first and he had <laughs> yeah. the wrestling cap and the wig. Oh brilliant. <laughs> you know and there you go that's what you want if you, with a wrestler you want to be remembering things yeah. happy times enjoyment that's what it's for you know? wasn't he so, hanging
0: outside a cage with that on once and the Adam by the hair <laughs> yeah yeah. so there you go yeah
1: he's definitely in my top 10 and he yeah. definitely could very very well be in my top 5
0: yeah good show
2: Niall uh,
3: yeah he be he be um, he'd be definitely in my top 10 um, but I would say Probably only just about But the problem there is I've been watching wrestling For 40 years mm. So I probably have A broader Spectrum of top 10 Compared to the rest of you guys Yeah That's fair um, But definitely He definitely will be in my top 10 There's no doubt about that But You know when, you, when you're talking about Growing up with Dusty Rhodes And Ric Flair And guys like that And all And different errors And different comparisons And all that kind of stuff It's, yeah. it's very difficult To put a top 10 together You know Yeah um. I mean, he, I, I would rate him equally as good as anyone that I equally admire in my top 10 as well.
2: So
3: I, you. I, I, I don't have a top 10. I probably have 10 top ones. Yeah, See, that's, you, that's fair. A, that's fair.
0: You were a kid growing up in the era that you were watching the likes of the Ric Flair's and the Dusty Road. So obviously, nostalgia is yeah. going to play a big part in that too, versus when you're watching it as an yeah,
3: you no, know, I, uh, I don't think most of most of the times when I compile these things or I think about it, it's it's not really it's not so much nostalgia. Like like when you think of the Rick Flares and the Dusty Roads, and I mean last week we spoke about Nikita and stuff like that when you did the other podcast stuff like that. Like for me, that those guys that I kind of pick out as guys that I like and guys that I rate very highly, I think their body of work stands up, even though some of it is memories from my childhood. But like, mm. I think anyone these days would have to put a Ric Flair, or a Dusty Rhodes in their top ten. <laughs> you know, well, all I, them, I definitely have I, have. I have
1: Flair in my top ten for definitely. a lot of a lot of
3: people these days that
0: will put you know top tens together will just do it because you know it's the right thing to do. You know what I mean? See, Whereas, that's
2: that that's the thing. I would I would have I would not have them in my top ten because I don't have the emotional attachment to them. You see, Dara, you're an honest
0: wrestling fan. there, yeah. there you go.
2: See, so yeah, it's like I,
3: it's why would yeah, I like, no, yeah. The problem for me when I'm compiling a top 10 is, is kind of I'm doing it over four decades.
2: That's the thing, yeah. That's so it. I
3: kind of only have, I kind of only have maybe two or three, you know what I mean, each mm. decade kind of thing to fit in, yeah, you know. So it's not like I mean, it, it's, it's a very hard one to call, as I said, to you like, I never kind of. When people ask me who my favourite wrestler is, I just look at them and I go, well, I love wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I've always liked Triple H. I've always liked Shawn Michaels, you know? But, like, I've always liked the honky-tonk man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how how do you compile who your, your, your favourites are and your top ones are? You know what I mean? It's uh, Where's, where's,
0: where's Bret Hart? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, as I said to before, right? By day, I I see it was difficult for me because I, I'm I, joking. Day. I'm joking. Yeah, I always was a British Bulldog fan, and that's all I'll say. Oh, <laughs>
2: there's
3: only.
0: You're right. There's only one British Bulldog, and his name was Tom Billington, Dynamite of my kids. You're right. <laughs> Here we go again. Well, look,
2: I will round it off there, and I'll just say whenever you say where do, where does X, Y, and Z fit in your top ten? There's Triple H and everybody else. So <laughs> that's me being honest. But um, I don't no. like Triple H. By the way, guys, I do. You don't like Triple H. No, I
0: do. Up to that. I do like Triple H. I do. But
2: uh-huh. but to answer the question, where does core Angle sit? core Angle is under Jericho in my top ten, right? Because I very sexual at first. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> so, 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 so that's dirty mind. Under but, Jericho, <laughs> sexy Kurt. But uh, no, he it would be it's like. Nice. Where, wherever Jericho is in the list, Kurt is just underneath him, man. It's, it's 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 not because one's better either. It's just because of the malleability. I think Jericho, because he's uh, he's able to change himself so much, he beats Kurt out that. But Kurt has those modes that you just can't deny. So that's why. But he would definitely be in my top ten. Just he's either in my fave five to borrow Booker T's. Or just outside my Faye five. Because Booker T has like 20 people in his Faye five, so I'm allowed to do it too. Well, uh, we're
0: gonna, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, you're going to have to set up a campaign for the four pod men to get uh, Dara unblocked from Chris Jericho or Fozzie. No, or from Fuzzy. <laughs> it's just from
2: Fozzie's band. Like, I'm like, that's all. Not Jericho's personal account. You're holding on to that, that it wasn't Jericho personally. No, it wasn't. So it's okay. But well, his band hate me for some reason. I'm like, uh, I've never a not, once, okay? I'm not missing out on much, in fairness no but it, come on with Chris Jericho
0: it depends on when <laughs> you meet Chris Jericho <laughs> whether he likes sure or not
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's fair but for the record I am a Fuzzy fan that album was terrible and I just gave it a bad review so that's why I'm blocked. which album was that it was the one with the ABBA cover on it and that was the best song on it oh, Do, you want, yeah, Do You Want to Start a War I think that was it Yeah. I
0: liked that
2: album personally but it was yeah. okay but it was, wasn't great yeah. You know? can I get a follow Chris <laughs> <laughs> hey just so just, one,
1: just one thing before we go sorry i know I, I know we keep going on here um court angle's music was great wasn't it
2: it was it, it was, was actually the, Pat- the patriot yeah yeah that's
1: right but it worked but, it worked yeah it's still court just as much as it did the patriot
0: but and no i, mean, I-, the I- in this is ridiculous look at nile smiling <laughs> <laughs> The Patriot was only brought in for one person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and there's another uh, uh, idea for a show uh, maybe somewhere down the line is uh, the importance of entrance musics.
2: Oh yeah, without a doubt. In a career. I would be, in, I would be interested in that. For some I, I would really like to actually, yeah, that's. I think that's one that I would heavily support. Can anyone answer the
0: question where the first entrance music came from?
2: Cannot. Tell us.
0: I believe it was actually uh, Gorgeous George, as far as I know. Um, it could hey, be that,
2: would, that would make sense, though.
0: That yeah, would make it
2: sense. would make sense, the theatrics yeah. of it.
0: Obviously, Hogan was the one that brought it to the bigger spectrum. Mm. And then, obviously, mm. Flair got onto it with the, mm.
2: uh, you know. But that's for another podcast, thing. Fair. Let's put a pin in a warrior. Yeah,
1: and yeah, and yeah. Just we we can we can have a really good podcast. You've
2: some
0: uh, you've some editing job here to
2: do now, Darren you know? Ah, no, not really, not really. It's it's all good. He's
3: it's drowning. Good. He's drowning in that film There's
0: <laughs> 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 a few bits. Well, we we'll, we we'll just call it a day until uh, until next week. I mean, for me, it's been a great chat about Kurt Angle and am Absolutely, some of, the, yeah. some of the you know amazing moments in in that man's career, and uh, great to see him enjoying life now too. I mean, you see him active on Instagram so much so that he even uh, liked their post about uh, about this particular show so oh wow that's, really cool. Cool. Oh, that's cool that's yeah. cool it was nice to do that um, but it's great to well, see him hopefully back. he liked the podcast hopefully yeah
1: Well, uh, come All here right. what's the what's the, what's the bet he'll end up in AEW with Rusev as a manager
0: or on Dynamo's dozen
1: well only you can do that yeah. to Dynamo to start that
3: or just underneath Jericho again.
0: Hey! Oh! <laughs> hey! Oh! Man. Well, there you go. I suppose until uh, until next month, uh, you've been the listeners. Uh, We've been the the show talkers, I guess, on this <laughs> one. So, uh, if you still want your your uh, your products, there's only one place that you need to go to get your shirts, and that's WrestleMania. So go to Facebook, check them out, send them a mail. Uh, you can get your uh, your stuff delivered. They will do their best. Noel himself will do his best to get that out to you. Um, uh, yeah. If you need more information on that, go to myself or go to Carl. Go to Dara, yeah. even he'll send you along the way. On the road, do the best I can. Pat, and we'd uh, yes. more than happy to help you out. More than happy to help you out. Um, so look, guys, it's been a pleasure again. Everyone yep. stay safe. Yep. Everyone keep washing their hands. <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah, it's. Um, it's been a pleasure, and okay. until next time, uh, Dynamo is over now. You all need your own taglines now, because uh, people <coughs> think that Dynamo doesn't. <laughs>
3: I'm all, I'm all shocked now. <laughs> yeah. King Wall is
1: off his throne.
2: <laughs> Don't print lies. Right, guys. <laughs> well, until next time.
0: Take
2: care, lad. Until, okay, until next Cheers time. On.